0: Welcome to the Trying Again podcast, a story of miscarriage. I'm Rachel Smith. This is a podcast of passion as I explore a usually silent world and decide whether I wanna try again for a baby following multiple miscarriages. If you're new, have a browse through the series so far. You can have a listen to the episodes in any order and they should make sense. In this episode, I'm gonna look into triggers or the ugly feelings surrounding miscarriage. The conversations that you hear will be frank and they may be difficult, but they are needed.
1: I would have loved it. I would have loved to have had a massive celebration. Yeah. But yeah, I hate but it why, now.
2: Why didn't you revert it?
1: Because I thought he was
0: going to die. Really? Yeah. Grief. It's a strange one, isn't it? I had sad news recently that my auntie Pat has died. She's not my blood auntie, she's someone who helped my mum bring us up when I was young. A neighbour turned family if you will. She was a person with a lot of love to give and so today I'm sad and I'm reflecting on how people like Auntie Pat can make a mark on my life and then leave, just like that. Thinking about Auntie Pat today has made me think about how precious love is. I'm not that child laughing with her now, but I remember it so well and that memory is part of who I am. It's the love I remember, the feelings and the happiness. It lives. I have to admit, thinking about Auntie Pat dying has triggered me thinking about my losses again. I thought I was doing well with that. I mean, it never really leaves you, but her death, it's triggered something in me. And I'm thinking, life's too short, and what am I waiting for? Why am I not trying again now? I mean, like, right now. Instead of talking to you, I should be surely just jumping on Lee. Well, when I say triggers, for those who aren't sure what I mean, I mean the things that happen around me that throw me back into the sad feelings from my miscarriages. Feelings creep back in. Sadness, guilt, hopelessness and emptiness. It's no one's fault. It's not really my own fault. I can't stop it either. And I've tried. It's just grief, I guess, but it's never ending. It's just hidden and then sitting there waiting to pop up again. I've spoken with a few people on this podcast, and outside of it, to be fair, about triggers. They are so personal and difficult. Here's some triggers that people have shared with me on my Instagram page, read by actors. Ultrasounds. I have had panic attacks while having ultrasounds done. I have instantly started bawling and had to skip scenes on movies and series. I've had meltdowns, seen posts or uh, ultrasound pictures at my doctor's office waiting room or on social media. In the early days, it could be literally anything seeing an advert for pregnancy vitamins, seeing a pregnant woman with a baby on board badge, having too much time to think. Almost two years on, I think about the little one we lost every single day in some shape or form. It might be because my three-year-old is singing Twinkle, Twinkle. And I refer to the baby we lost as a star. We don't know if they were a boy or a girl. Or it's
1: seeing a photograph taken around the time it happened. Or a date on the calendar.
2: Mine has been work. I have been on leave for my entire two-week wait, which ends today. I am anxious about returning next week, and terrified that I would be stressed again... And ultimately affect my treatment plan. I have an insanely hectic job, and just the thought of it scares me. Being
0: asked if I have children, or if I am a mother. There's just no quick answer to that question. I am incapable of saying no, because I don't have any living children. But I do have two angel babies that absolutely make me a mother, and that I carried in me for the whole of their lives. Not really triggered too much by seeing pregnancy announcements online, well, from the baby loss community, but I am a little with my Facebook friends and with anyone close to me. Kind of seems the more removed the person from my personal space, the easier it is to hear. But I am triggered by the baby scan photographs, mainly because I've seen what it looks like outside of that black and white image, and it's not something to smile about. I also feel triggered when life moments happen, like Auntie Pat's death perhaps, but also happy moments, weddings, family birthdays, I know it sounds strange, but I can sometimes feel the punch in my gut that something is missing from the picture, and for a second, I mourn in the silence. Triggers and the nasty thoughts. It's something that keeps coming round and round in this world of miscarriage and coping with one. It's a topic that I thought I should explore more, and so I did. And as you've likely guessed, I didn't explore this alone. She's in her studio, Bex. (laughs) In my duvet den. (laughs)
2: I was going to say it looks a little a little uh, makeshift. Love it. <laughs> Laura, Laura had a towel over her head the other day so <laughs> yeah. that was that was proper makeshift.
0: Earlier in the year I caught up with the award winning duo Bex and Laura from the Worst Girl Gang Ever podcast.
2: I first
1: started noticing that I had these horrible feelings towards pregnant people. Um after I think after like my third loss and they just come and smack you in the face really you're carrying on with normal life and then something will happen like you you open Facebook and you're scrolling through and you see a pregnancy announcement or a scan picture or I'd be at work on the ward and overhear someone announcing their pregnancy and it really gets you and it, it feels like like a punch in the guts um when they first started happening i didn't say anything about it and i was really like, like thought i was an awful person for for feeling these feelings and the more people that i spoke to who had been through the same sort of experiences the more that normalized it for me and then it took a while for me to actually openly speak about them and 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 i call them the ugly feelings because they just feel ugly. You're not meant to feel bitter and jealous and resentful about about pregnant people. they just it doesn't doesn't seem right. Um, but now that I'm able to be open about it, other people have come forward and have, and have been open about their experiences
0: too. How long did it take to get to that point to be able to feel like you can actually? say to somebody honestly because you guys were pretty honest when you were talking about talking about how you feel about yeah people with their pregnancy announcements and
1: yeah I mean it took a while I probably spent two or three years hating myself for feeling like that um I tried counselling I, I didn't really give it to the chance to be fair but I tried it and I just I just couldn't get on with it um yeah I just just hated myself for that reason for for such a long time and I withdrew and it, it took me to hit almost rock bottom to then be able to start being open about it but to begin with I didn't I didn't talk about it to anyone that I knew I used online forums and things like that so I wasn't you know I wouldn't would never have been able to open up about those ugly feelings to friends and family and um, and then I started blogging anonymously like blogged wrote, wrote loads of things didn't show it to anyone and then as I got a little bit braver I started sharing it with people but yeah it
2: took a long time.
0: And Bex with you from what I was reading with your story you you were almost compelled to break silence straight away.
2: I've always talked about my feelings because I'm so of the mind that if I feel this like I'm not a di- I'm not different I'm a bit weird I, I, I'll i give you that there's nothing particularly special about me so my ethos has always been. If I'm feeling like this, then someone else must be feeling like this. And if someone else is feeling like this, they're probably feeling like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And if we talk about it, then it kind of, you know, the whole problem shared is a problem heart. And I've had, I've been in therapy. I've been in therapy for years. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it hasn't done any, any good at all. No, I'm joking. I love, I love my counsellor. I've, I've got like a friendship with her now. I've been going so long. And it was my first reaction was to go and see her and to talk about it and to write about it and just actually to reach out other people and just go, I'm so sorry that you've been through this because this is really shit. And I know now how shit it is. And, and are we allowed to swear? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Cause it's a bit late. So, <laughs> um, And just to be kind of open about things because I've always, I've always been like that since, cause I've, I've really struggled with my mental health Um from really being a teenager into my early adulthood on and off. And the only thing that's helped me is by opening up and talking about it and realising that I'm, I'm not alone. I'm not, I'm not special. You know, my feelings aren't unique to me. And mm. it, as soon as you start talking about them, people go, oh, my gosh, I felt like that as well. Oh, I'm so pleased that it's not just me. And that is such a relief on, all, you know, all parts of your, of your mental health.
0: And when did when did you first realize you were getting like the the ugly feelings, like we're calling it?
2: Um. Well, because my fertility journey to I I've got kids, I've got three kids, but my fertility journey to to my first two wasn't necessarily simple because I never got periods. I didn't have a a a normal inverted commas normal um cycle when I um when I hit my puberty and stuff so my ugly feeling started way back then when people i knew were trying for babies and falling pregnant and i wasn't even having periods um and they were my my feeling. i feel everything very intensely um i'm quite a passionate person and that i was shocked by the depths of um my basic hatred towards everyone in the world <laughs> <laughs> ever who was able to procreate um <laughs> but it was I was I was genuinely because I I'd had I remember these best friends that we had and they fell pregnant we were due to go skiing and I wasn't even having periods and we were gonna they were gonna they well, I knew they were about to start trying but they said they were gonna wait until after we've gone all gone skiing as a fam like two families and and then I remember she, I was in the gym. I went to go to the gym with her. And she's like, I need you to tell me something. And I was like, What? What? She's like, I'm pregnant. And that moment, it just my stomach just and it was just. And then I was like, I hate you. And then I was like, Oh my god, I can't believe that my brain went there and mm-hmm. instead of like, Oh congratulations, that's
1: wonderful. Oh, that's um, horrible, isn't it? When a horrible god like that. Someone says it. I'd give this. I think it's to try and mask how shit I'm feeling. But I do a really over the top. Oh my god, that's amazing! Tell me if you thought of names and blah 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 blah. blah. And really, I don't care about any of that. I don't want to know. But I think it is just to cover up my my absolute awful bottom.
2: Yeah. I'm. I'm. So you're. I think. I think the difference between you and me, Laura, is that you're nicer. I'm, I think I'm a people
1: pleaser. Goes... Not necessarily nicer, but I like people to... I don't want to upset people.
2: Uh, I mean, I don't... I, can I just say that? Say I, I did do the whole, Oh, that's that's great! I'm going to go now. <laughs> you know, that sort
0: of thing. And then cry in a corner. Yeah.
2: It's so freaking
1: tough to deal with this shit. You really do have to... Mm put those barriers up sometimes.
2: As a culture, we are really bad at sharing our feelings mm. and we hate being vulnerable because we perceive vulnerability to be a weakness. That's mm. just the way that, that society has dictated it for, for such a huge number of years. And to actually go against to start swimming against the you know the, the current is a really, really difficult thing to do because we fear as a society, we fear judgment so much but if you can do it, I mean I don't know how you felt. Did you feel sort of liberated when you when you started telling people and when you started the podcast?
0: Um it was itching at me to do it. And then when I did it, I was like, the itch has been itched. And I, it was more that it, yeah, so probably it wasn't like well, hey, high five. It was more like, Thank God I've actually finally done it.
2: Cause it so what just... kept you doing it then? If your itch is satisfied, why um why do you still do it?
0: I was naive, I think, to how much silence and then when I've started to realise how big it is, I was like, Oh, there's things I can explore now. It's it's actually more mm. lots of real things that I'm actually just exploring, thinking, right. And it's a bit like you were saying, Bex, like it's like if I'm if I don't know, then someone else might be in my little world thinking, What the hell? And and then the mm. more I talk to people, the more I'm like, Oh, there's something else going on. So I'll toddle off somewhere and read more stuff. Moves on to the whole podcast thing. So where did it all come from? When how how did that well, all happen? I mean
1: the podcast was never part of the original plan. Was we it Bex?
0: We didn't really have an original
2: plan. We like what we've only even we now. Did
1: the plan was to take over the world?
2: Oh, Okay, sorry, remember? remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was the yeah. That was the 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 loose plan. But we weren't sure how we were going to do it because Laura read my blog post and joined the support group that I'd made on Facebook and contacted me off the back of that. And then, so the first time we chatted, it was all still fully locked down, wasn't it? Yeah. And we chatted for about an hour on the phone. And then, and then we, you, well, it was you that brought up doing a podcast. And then we just Googled, we Googled the shizzle out of how to make a podcast. Literally. Didn't have a clue what we were doing.
1: And we're still, still honest, winging it, to be honest. We
2: we are very much still winging it. But I remember sitting there thinking, this is never going to get off the ground. This <laughs> is never gonna work and then I think it was about two weeks later we actually recorded and released our first podcast Hmm. look at us now
0: (laughs) what's the thing that you think that you're hearing from your audience with this area of ugly feelings
1: it's something that people are so sort of ashamed of and hate themselves for so to actually have someone else saying this is normal it's absolutely okay to feel this way about other people, just because you've, you have these ugly thoughts doesn't make you an ugly person. Like you, you are not bad for, for feeling this way. It's 100% normal. Don't beat yourself up about it. Just acknowledge it and understand that these feelings will come and go. And it doesn't mean that you are a bad person.
2: People don't know how to say it and they don't know what what to say, how to say it, where to say it, and because we're both quite bold <laughs> a nice way of putting it, um, we don't we're sort of both beyond the kind of caring of of you know how we come across. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. That's <is> true.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and also when you do like <laughs> like we were saying earlier, when you say something and other people go, oh, yeah, me too. It's such a relief to them. And I think when you have all these really horrible feelings and you try to suppress them, actually, they just stay there longer and they go mm. round and round in your head. And, you know, it's like the, the whole um, don't think about an elephant thing. I'm sure I've this up before. Yeah, you, have. If you say If you say to someone, don't think about an elephant, well, the, the first thing they're going to think about is obviously an elephant. So if you have these horrid feelings in your head and you're like, don't think about them, don't think about them, don't think about them, that's all you're going to think about yeah. it. And it and it will consume you. But if you can give them a bit of an air out and be like, oh, hello, jealousy. Haven't seen you in a while.
1: Yeah. You know, then, then have a rant to someone who understands.
2: Have mm. a rant to someone who understands. Rather than trying to make your
1: partner or your best friend or your sister understand like it's impossible unless unless they've walked in your shoes they're they're not gonna get it and they just end up making you feel worse about yourself because they'll be like oh really yeah but she's she's been trying for two years to have her baby how can you feel that way about her because i do (laughs) yeah and they're
0: like oh my gosh i don't feel like that at all yeah Mm. oh lucky you have you got to a point where actually you've accepted it
1: i think I think the feelings come and go. It's not a permanent, a permanent sort of like self hatred. I mean, personally, that that sort of dark place that I was in, I've, I'm I'm out of that now. Um, but I still get the the pangs hmm. of the uglies. The pangs of the
2: uglies. I quite like that phrase. Um, <laughs> I definitely like that.
0: For me, it's happened when I've least suspected it, with a song that was pretty probably normal. Mm-hmm. But I turn it off because I I listened to it for the first time yesterday, but then got interrupted with the phone call, so I cheated. But normally I turn it off the minute I hear it; it goes off. Right? Is there anything like that with you guys where you have like just absolute no's that you just won't tolerate?
1: No, not for me. It's it's just mainly
2: announcements. For me, the the worst is the scan pictures mm. because. I don't know if you know this, but I am currently quite pregnant as well.
0: Yeah, I totally that. So, okay, that okay. Um,
2: <laughs> so, obviously, this is kind of irrelevant for me at the moment because I'm not in that, that space. But um, because I've, I had a missed miscarriage, it was discovered at a 12-week scan. And for me, uh, doctors, hospitals, scan, and particularly if I accidentally see a scan picture, it just it that that's what that's what really triggers me. I remember saying to Laura, "I don't, I almost don't want to book a scan because I am so scared of what's going to happen." And then it was when she said, "Well, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. You don't have to do it." And then I was like, "No, you're right. I should. I will." So I booked a scan for eight weeks, and I, I full on had a breakdown in the waiting room um, because yeah, I was just. I, I was just in a mess. When you you will only know this if you've been through pregnancy after last. Is that every day is very long and very stressful, isn't it, Laura?
1: Yeah, it, it is for sure. Every
2: day you feel like you you know you're teetering on the edge of either a mental breakdown or or a miscarriage, and it's a horrible horrible place to to
0: sort of live in. How are you feeling now with it? It depends where I am
2: in my in my mental health cycle. <laughs> at my best, I'm I'm good and I'm I'm really grounded and at my sort of most vulnerable I'm panicking. Mm. But that's I think that's just the way that that I am as a person and, and the way that pregnancy after loss operates.
0: What are you feeling about baby showers and No,
2: I've never gone in for any of that to be honest. I've n I have had did not do that with any of my kids.
1: Oh, see, it would have been me. I would have loved it. I would have loved to have had a massive celebration. Yeah. But, yeah, I hate so it now. Why, why
2: didn't you revert it?
1: Because I thought he was going to die. Really? Yeah.
0: That's shit, man. That is, that's really poo. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really,
1: you. Would, when I heard you talking about, you know, pregnancy after loss, I just... I'm so envious of anyone who's had a pregnancy before loss. Yeah. Because mm. they probably enjoyed a pregnancy and I hate, I hate the fact that bloody miscarriage has taken away the joy of celebrating a pregnancy and the joy of, of, in, of enjoying pregnancy. You know, I would have loved to have gone shopping for baby stuff and, sat rubbing my belly i didn't even touch my belly for the whole of my pregnancy i just did not want to feel like
2: like have a sort of
1: connection or anything just in case
2: it that's that is a horrible feeling obviously having had a pregnancy before well having had three healthy normal pregnancies before i lost the baby and one after it's a completely different Mm. it's a different it's a a different experience it's it's like you're two different well you are essentially aren't you two different people Mm. and that is really shit to be honest because and I totally I'm so sorry that you haven't had the the experience of the you know the, the the naivety I suppose the blissful ignorance of of what can possibly go wrong yeah
1: that's okay but you know at least I've had successful pregnancy yeah there are many that haven't so i have to sort of count myself lucky for that but it just i just just hate miscarriage i hate hate what it's done to
0: me it does change you doesn't it i think it does i kind of put a smile on and and try and not put myself in that situation
1: but i was used to organize them like christ knows why i just didn't have the balls to say can't do this i'm not up. i'm not up for this See,
0: that is brave i just I th-
1: stupid not brave <laughs> stupid
0: i just i don't know if i could have done that i just it's one thing i think to turn up take a present sit down stay quiet go home and cry but yeah i don't think i could have done more <laughs> i think that's about as much as i could yeah. give them
2: they are boring though aren't they let's be honest yeah Whatever yeah. state you're in, they're bloody boring. Yeah, what well, about the game where you have to sniff,
1: sniff, the guess, sniff the nappies or guess whether it's a cum face
2: or <laughs> or a labour face? Oh, I've not played that one.
0: <laughs> you get the pictures and you have to say whether I can, I, I can.
2: Yeah, oh, okay. I, can, I, I, I guess the premise.
0: <laughs> um, because you were saying your you, your podcast has now been less about you two as your stories now. And now it's about your community. What's your what's your drive and hope with it? What What's the, what's the ideal? Where do you, Where's it going to go?
1: Have we mentioned that um, it's an award-winning podcast? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Your award-winning
0: that, yeah. podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that was exciting. We won the um, best podcast at the Glow Mama Awards. Awesome. Which, yeah, such an honor. We were up against some... Um, Some big boys,
2: weren't we? It was a bit of a surprise as well, wasn't it? People that actually like our inane shunter, (laughs) shit Um. (laughs) banter. But yeah, in terms of where we want to go with the podcast, is literally we aimed to start just helping one woman feel less alone through what is arguably one of the most devastating times of her life. And that's all we're going to continue to do is just keep helping that one woman. It's just that it's amazing that it happens to be several thousand women now
0: I guess triggers can be healthy too it's natural and it's focused me to fitness in a way that I've not had in a long time it's made me realize how precious my body is even when it is a bit broken it's still the only one I've got wounds can become wisdom right I have to say talking about this out loud today has helped I feel a little bit less sad so thank you for being my sounding board if you're going through it right now you are not alone Please be kind to yourself and take the time you need. There's links to help available on the website tryingagainpodcast.com. Thank you to Bex and Laura from the Worst Girl Gang Ever podcast. Thank you also for those of you who've shared your thoughts with me on Instagram and to the actors who read them. The music is Small Bump by Ed Sheeran. If you've liked this episode, please share it and leave a review on your podcast app because it helps others find it. Remember to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode.
1: You can wrap your fingers round my thumb.